great for information gathering. So if you have, um, if you know your target audience is on Facebook, but you may not be sure what they want to know, join Facebook groups uh, where your target audience hangs out. I wanna cause no problems. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters, we know how to read them faces. Same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk. But around here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant. Well, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Death to Vanilla podcast. I am so excited to have a returning guest, uh, Shandel Varciana, and so happy to have you on the show. Um, she has been with us before. She has an incredible business uh, built on content writing called Varsity Media and uh, worked a lot in the financial industry. And so we actually talked the other day and we had some additional things that we thought would be super valuable to share with you that she's super passionate about, well-versed in uh, when it comes to kind of like doing the unscalable, which is actually having conversations with people. Um, it's kind of like the part B to all of the social media and um, all the, the marketing that people do. They want to hit a button and be able to reach 2000 people, and which is all well and good. But then there's this, like I said, there's this part B where there's like this genuine connection, uh, community building and conversations that happen that just quite frankly are more work, uh, but they pay off. And so we want to bring her on today. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. I've, I've literally been looking forward to this for like days. So this is exciting <laughs> for me. Um, and so, yeah, so let's, so let's jump in. So we, what we're, we're getting at here is, is, uh, Facebook groups, right? So what we have is the, the problem is, uh, you know, we have all these different social media platforms, um, multiple different ways to be able to communicate with these people, right? So we've got, you know, even when it comes to Facebook, we've got personal pages, we've got business pages, we've got groups, um, you know, you could write posts, you could type stuff up, you could post videos, you could do all kinds of different things to communicate with people. But you're saying that Facebook groups is really a little bit of the magic. So why, what have you found that has been so incredible about Facebook groups? I love Facebook groups, especially for finding out. Facebook groups are great for information gathering. So if you have, um, if you know your target audience is on Facebook, but you may not be sure what they want to know, join Facebook groups uh, where your target audience hangs out. Um, so, for example, uh, like we target um, we target financial institutions. So, if a financial institution is wanting to target home buyers then I would task, tell them to task someone to join a Facebook group where home buyers are, are in. There's so many Facebook groups on many, many different topics. So whatever it is you're targeting, whatever your, um, your, your products or services, um, find Facebook groups where your target audience would be in based on what it is you're selling. So because finance banks sell mortgages, join Facebook groups where people are wanting to buy a house because naturally they're going to need a mortgage to buy the house. And when you go into these groups, you want to listen to what people are talking about. Now, I only say join, you know, the top two groups. So when you're in Facebook, you can search for groups and you'll get a list of groups that come up. You want to join the ones that um, have the most amount of people and are the most active. Most active, meaning they post minimum 10 times per day, because what that will do is it will um, give you a better bang for your time because I only suggest you spend, you know, 10, 20 minutes in there per day. And really what you're looking for is patterns. So repeated questions, um, misunderstandings that people have. Uh, what are people complaining about? These are things that your target audience is talking about. And that is what you should be creating content on based on what it is they're talking about. What are they complaining about? What are some things that maybe they don't understand? And over time, you're going to be looking for patterns. So you're going to see that people are asking the same types of questions. People are complaining about the same things. And then your job is to try to fill that gap. How can you help them to, to solve that problem that they have, whatever the questions they have, whatever whatever they're complaining about, how can you help them solve that? Now, um, after you've you know, spent like a month or a couple months in there and you're, you're, you're hearing the same types of things, you can answer some of those questions because that's providing value to the group. 
right? So if people are asking questions and you are um, able to answer those questions, answer those questions. They love that. That's not selling yourself. You can't sell yourself in a lot of these groups. You can't really promote yourself. They don't like that. It's, it's yeah. groups are more of an information type of um, place where people go to gain information and you know people that have more experience will go in there and answer those questions. But if you are answering questions all the time, people may never comment, but when they're ready, they're gonna check out your Facebook page and see what it is you do. And when they're ready, they'll reach out to you. So you always wanna make sure your Facebook page is all decked out, I'll say, contact information, what you do, posts should be on there. Um, and then when they're ready, they'll reach out to you. So that's my, my little Facebook strategy in a nutshell. No, that's awesome. So, um, so what I heard, and I just want to clarify is we're talking about doing a lot of listening and then responding, or do you think that someone should just jump right in and ha be having conversations right away? Like, you, is there a right or wrong answer to that or? Not necessarily, but the more information you gather up front, the better value you're able to provide people. So if you've never been in Facebook groups before and you're not sure exactly how they work, I would say join the top two and just be a fly on the wall and gather information. Because what this really is coming down to is building relationships. And in order to build relationships, you've got to listen. You've got to see what it is your target audience wants before you can actually respond. Um, and so I would definitely just step back and listen and then respond then answer right. questions and it's a it's a long game it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon because it is the the purpose of this is to build relationships with your target audience so that when they're ready they'll raise their hand and say you know what i'm interested in whatever it is you're selling and that usually will come with time when they see you all the time posting and you know responding to to people's questions and commenting and things like that right so so, so I, I have a question that kind of pops in my mind with that, because obviously there's, there's so many different kinds of businesses, right? And so on one end, like uh, from a financial institution standpoint, that totally makes a lot of sense to play a solid long game, right? Because at the end of the day, if a person like, let's say you're a mortgage company, if someone does a, a mortgage through your company, that's cash flow for the financial institution for the next hundred years or whatever, you yeah, know, I mean, it's yeah. a 30 year loan, but still yeah. nobody pays it off in 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then that totally makes sense. Now let's say, let's, let's beat this play for extremes for the, the, yeah. the fun of it. Let's say you have a coffee company, right? So we're looking at like each customer you bring in, you make like $3 right now, assumably they're coming in over and over and over again. But what do you say to someone like that who has like a product or a service that just like the margins just aren't the same? Like how is it still worthwhile playing that long game? Or should you really kind of just put it in the box of this is a research tool, not like a revenue driving tool, at least from that specific effort? Uh, so for that, th this type of strategy is, is, always going to be a long game because it takes time to build relationships, but it shouldn't be your own, <coughs> right? Coffee shops should be doing some Facebook advertising on top of that, because then mm. you can really get into your target audience's face right away, get the sale much quicker. So I would suggest Facebook ads for a coffee shop. And then the, the Facebook groups is more information gathering so that you can target them, um, you know, even better because targeting people, even on Facebook, you've got to know what to say. You still have to know who your target audience is, even if you're doing the Facebook ads so they can work hand in hand and Facebook ads, um, as I would definitely suggest for uh, um, a coffee shop, Facebook ads have to constantly change. So even if you're putting up a Facebook ad today, it may not work next month because Facebook changes their algorithms so often. <laughs> So the, the groups that I'm mentioning will only help you because you'll always be in front of them getting to know what they are. When they change, you change, you're targeting to the same people that you are talking to in these groups. Like, I mean, it really works hand in hand because you could literally, when you're doing the Facebook ads, target the exact same people that are in the groups that you're paying attention to. But if you're not paying attention to them, it's, it doesn't matter how many Facebook ads you do, um, you're not gonna know them. So you're not even gonna know what to say in the Facebook ad. So it still kind of works hand in hand, but it should never be the, the strategy the, my Facebook strategy is not um, a one. It's not a one off thing. It's part of your marketing plan. It's right. just to help you consistently get in front of your target audience to get to know who they are, what they like. Um, if they change, if they move from Facebook groups, you need to move with them. 
if they are now on TikTok, you need to be wherever they are so that you can continually get to know who they are and market to them based on what it is they want and help them give them what it is they want. So that's the absolute. Absolutely. And, and I, yeah, just as an encouragement and, and to piggyback off of that, like, I want to encourage everyone listening to this, whether you're a small business owner or whether or not you're, you know, a director for um, a, 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 like a CMO for a company, like at the end of the day, like there's the shiny red ball and then there's kind of like what works. And so like one of the things that we realized with our company is that um, we're trying to build uh, relationships with like executives and, and creative directors and people like that well like TikTok has some of those people on it but by and large it's skewed much younger and so when we're looking at like where do we put short form videos you know we're looking at like more like youtube shorts is yeah. is is actually because it's it's in a lot of ways it's it's just as viral in the sense that the spread could still be crazy good um and uh, in the the crowd is typically older and larger yes. um, than TikTok, and so for us it was like, okay, well if we're gonna like put efforts anywhere, let's do YouTube Shorts because that's really where on our audience is more. Yeah. Even though TikTok is like the shiny new, it's not new, but it's like the shiny new object, and yeah. it's it's doing well. It just surpassed Google in yeah. traffic volume, yeah. insane. Um, but at the end of the day, if your customers are not there, it doesn't matter. Exactly. But Exactly. 100% correct. Well, I think this strategy is so amazing because obviously right now, um, as I'm sure you know, we're in this huge shift when it comes to like living in like a cookie-less world or at least, you know, without asking. Um, and, and some of the tracking that uh, companies have typically gotten used to, especially in the advertising space, yeah. like having conversations with people and doing listening online to gather data is starting to become like a real thing like a real like there's no way around it kind of thing because because you just can't track everything just the way you used to and it's only getting more and more uh privacy protected so um it's, it's it's cool that this strategy that you've been doing for a while now is actually becoming increasingly valuable as the ability to track people has become less and less a thing absolutely and I think too, people want authenticity. So it's just, you know, really getting to know who it is that you're targeting can go a long way um, at the end of the day, because, you know, people want to know that you care. People want to know that they're not just a number to you, that you actually know who they are. They, you know, even though you may have, you know, 10 million customers, each person needs to feel like you know them. And, and that's, you really have to figure out a way to do that. Because if you don't, people are going to feel like a number and then it makes it easier mm -hmm. for them to jump ship. Yeah, there's no loyalty there. Exactly, exactly. So I want to talk about that in a second. But before I, I kind of have like a, a, hopefully an easy question for you um, based on this, right? So obviously the conversation that a lot of people have been having is like, um, you know, uh, you know, were we talking about like the business having the conversation or an individual having the conversation, right? So when it comes to building these relationships with the Facebook group, let's just say, for example, we'll keep it to the financial institution example, because that's what you're uh, the most adept in, which is, okay, let's just say I have, you know, a, a bank, I'm the owner of the bank, I maybe have two locations, it's all local, kind of like a credit union type thing. Um uh, do I comment and, and build relationships as the name of my bank or as myself? Either yourself. It's people. Okay. So you can't, like, people, you know, we resonate with people, not logos and, and necessarily, well, we, 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 we resonate with brands, but it's what's behind the brand that we're really resonating with. It's the people right. behind the brand that we're resonating with, right? It's not necessarily the Nike sign. It's the fact that we we could wear Jordans and be like Jordan, Michael Jordan, right? So it's what's behind the brand that we're really resonating with, not the brand itself, if that makes sense. So right. it's the people behind it that are really the face of it at the end of the day. It's the people behind the brands that bring life to any, any brand. So it's the people that have to comment in there so that um, it, it, you, you, can, you can't really, uh, you have to, it is people that have to comment in there because obviously a company can't comment, but you're representing mm. the company. So um, that's, you have to be in there and comment. Usually I would tell, I often tell the financial institutions to task somebody to go in there and, and comment. Now, 
um, they could do it both ways. I've seen them do it both ways where an individual with their name comments or it's just the author of the brand that comments. So it can be done either way. It really depends on the institution. I've seen it done both ways. Um, but as long as somebody's in there actually commenting on social media um, or responding to comments and things like that, then you know that's really what will help to build the brand. Okay, now that makes sense. Um, clearly, I've not spent a lot of time in Facebook groups. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> no, no, so that, that's good enough. And I think so because because obviously personal branding is like a really big topic right now so what you're not what i think you're saying and so correct me if i'm wrong um you're not like it's nothing to do with personal brand it's just personal conversation right so you don't need to have some personal brand page and you don't need to have some crazy online presence we're just talking about like someone just going in there and just being like a real human being that is that what i'm hearing yes and then the online okay. And the online presence will come like uh, if you're working for a company then you're not really trying to create your own personal brand you're trying to build a brand of the company and mm -hmm. that's done through the people obviously that work in the company um so with with time the online presence will grow if you're constantly in front of your ideal customer providing value to them it will naturally grow because more people will start following you more people will be engaging they're gonna um share your stuff they're gonna recommend your stuff so more people will um, get to know you more. And if you're doing other things like, you know, PPC ads, um, I mean, if you're doing any type of search engine optimization, I mean, there's so many other things that you can do with online marketing um, to attract more people, uh, more followers and things like that. So if you're doing, you know, a combination of these different things, then your online presence will naturally increase with time. Okay. Yeah. I just know that like, uh, it kind of seems like there are some people that definitely don't want like the burden and the responsibility of having to create like a whole personal brand. And so I, I do think like a personal profile and a personal brand are not the same thing. Um, you know what I mean? So like, um, you know, Steve Jobs was a part of Apple, but he wasn't really like his own thing. Like he was yeah. like definitely like a very prominent um, face of the brand, um, but he didn't have like his own brand, I guess. And I've kind of gone back and forth on that, but that would be my, that's my current take on it. Yeah. Um, is so that, you know, if it was, what's up? Nothing. Yeah, you're right. Cause when you think of him, you think of Apple. Yeah. Yeah. He really wasn't anything outside of Apple for the most part. No, no disrespect, but you know, you know, it wasn't like he had his own thing going on. So, um, but yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I just think a lot of business owners just don't want that kind of responsibility of like having like a personal brand and all those other things. And I think it's a lot less intimidating to just realize, okay, like I just go on there and just like listen and chat with people. And it doesn't mean I have some big grandiose, like persona and all these other like additional pressures that come along with that. Um, so I wanted to hopefully encourage someone who is not wanting like that kind of aspirational level of exposure, but just realizing it's just conversation. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and you don't even have to necessarily chime in. That's just a, an, an added um, right. that I suggest, but you don't necessarily have to do that. You can strictly just use that for research purposes. And then if you want to do like um, some of our clients, what they do is they'll, they'll go into these Facebook groups and check out common questions that people are asking and then see the keywords that people are searching for and link them and then do a whole search op search engine optimization strategy around that. So they'll join several groups with, a you know, I'm talking about groups that have, you know, like five, 10, 15,000 people in them. So it's, it, it just makes it easier to find out what a large group of people are saying um, about a particular topic. And then they will, um, check out the keywords that match what they're talking with. So questions they're asking, they'll look for keywords that are in line with them, see how many people are searching for those keywords, and then they create content based on those keywords. So it's really um, how you wanna use it. So you don't even necessarily have to comment. You can literally just go in there and um, you know, see what your target audience is talking about. Get to know. Right. Or get okay. To so then for Facebook, what is your suggestion for actually like distribution on there? Like, is it just that Facebook free, like, I guess what I'm asking is, do you really like Facebook? Because obviously there's like a part of you that I'm sure your ideal client or your client's ideal client is there. Um, but do you really, really like it? 
Um, or is it just that groups happens to be a phenomenal tool for listening or, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, cause I think for a lot of people like Facebook is kind of like old news maybe not as exciting anymore. Maybe even a lot of questions as to its value and business yeah. building. So I'm kind of curious, like what your experience has been with on it and part B to that, how do you appropriately distribute content on Facebook? Is it simply within pages or anyway, so run with that. Yeah, so personally, I don't really have necessarily a favorite. I don't consume a lot of social media content. I really, um, I try to be more of a creator. Um, Facebook is really not even, um, my target audience is not on Facebook. So Facebook for me, I think I have maybe 30, I don't know, maybe 3000 friends or something like that on Facebook. And Facebook is not really where I go to attract business, it's LinkedIn. Um, mm. is where the majority of our business comes from. So I'm not really creating a lot of content on Facebook, um, B2B is better for me because I'm, I'm business to business, business B2C, Facebook is, is, is better for that. Um, mm. So that's why I suggest that for a company and Facebook only works if your target audience is on Facebook. So if they're not, they may be on Instagram, then you've got to create an Instagram strategy. So Facebook is not the end all be all. It's only if your target audience is there. That's the only, if they're not there, don't go. Right. <laughs> so, I'm not, because if they're not there, if they're not in Facebook groups, then you're not going to really get any information about them. So it's wherever they are. Um, in terms of creating content for Facebook, I would suggest you create, yeah, you should definitely be creating posts based on what it is your target audience is talking about. Because <laughs> especially if you're going to use the Facebook group strategy, eventually if you, um, and, and you do um, what I had suggested in terms of answering questions and you're always in there answering questions, they're eventually going to go to your page and you want them to see content on your Facebook page that resonates with them, right? right. So you definitely want to have some stuff in there that, you know, they're, they're going to want to know. Um, and, and they, you need to, they need to know who you are. So all of your information should be there as well. Contact information, <clears throat> excuse me, always make it easy for them to reach out to you, call you, direct message you, whatever. So that's, that's how you're going to get the business. If you use the strategy of answering those questions. So um, that's what I would suggest. And if you are doing blog posts on your, your page or video on your, um, like even your, your bank website or your company website, um, share that on social media as well. Put snippets on it on social media. And um, you don't even have to get high level with targeting. I mean, you could do Facebook ads if you want. Um, that's the best way to get immediate results. Um, but if not, you can literally just have con the content that you have on your website, break it up and make those into social media posts as well, if they are um, the type of content that your ideal customer is talking about. Right, okay. Um, so one of the things that I saw on your website that we were talking about before we started the podcast is you had a, a really cool article, uh, article that I read through on um, having like a product story. And so I think this is super important because for me, um, like when I think through the struggles that I have and that other people have in like really feeling confident about what I'm communicating, um, usually any sort of lack of confidence or lack of clarity comes to like really not understanding why I'm saying what I'm saying. Um, and I think a lot of that comes back to having like a well-constructed story that you're able to reference over and over and over again. And yeah. so um, I would love for you, uh, especially since this is one of your latest blog posts, um, to be able to um, talk a little bit about that of what is a product story and, and how does that really like fit into um, a strategy online? Yeah, so um, a product story is really finding a way to tell a story with uh, the end result, of course, being them coming to you for the business. So there's many ways you can do this. Um, one of the um, best ways is to cr create um, customer stories. So um, whatever, whatever you've done for a customer, um, tell their story, tell their story to your audience and, and show people how you brought them from A to Z. Um, and that is extremely powerful, especially if you're targeting, you know, people who want the same thing as a customer that you just helped, right? So if you tell their story and then at the end, you can talk about your products or what, you don't even necessarily need to talk about your products. You could just talk about the product that helped the particular couple or whoever it is that you're talking about their story, what product they used and how that worked best for them. But that's how you tie in your 
story or your product story with what it is you have to sell. Um, and you could do that, like I said, in so many different ways, especially with our customers because they have so many different products. So they could literally tell all kinds of different stories and their customer stories of how their customer went from A you know, to Z. And you can get creative with it. Like how, like, let's say they wanted to save up to buy their first property, you know, you can talk about part-time jobs that they got. You could talk about a side business that they started and how they set up a bank account and they put money into that bank account every month until they saved up their, you know, 3% or 10% or however much they wanted to save up to put down. And um, the process of when they went to, you know, go find a real estate agent, how the real estate agent helped them find a house, the types of things they looked for in a house. Like you can really create like, you know, a grand story and paint that picture for somebody else who may be thinking, you know what, maybe my credit score is not high enough, or maybe I don't have enough money, uh, when maybe they do have enough money, they just don't know. So telling, telling customer stories in that way, and tying that into the different products that you offer, um, is really a great way to promote your business without directly promoting your business. Right. So, and that type of stuff on, and a great way to do that is video. Um, like literally just have do a video of um, how you helped a particular customer and bring bring people, give people the visual of exactly what you did and post that on social media, post that right in front of your ideal customer over and over and over and over again. And that definitely will speak volumes and, and resonate with people who are wanting to, you know, buy a house or, um, you know, purchase a type of product or service that you offer. Right. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um... Yeah, I think it's surprising that I haven't done that. Um, <laughs> like, cause like, you know, like normally when you think of like uh, client stuff, you're thinking of like, like just like testimonials, like yeah, just exactly. straight up, like copying and pasting what they said in a review on the website, um, which is good and helpful. I mean, like who doesn't want, I mean, literally every purchase that I make on Amazon is rigorously researched despite how much it costs. And it's like, <laughs> I want to read the reviews, dang it. You know yes, what I mean? So yes. like, obviously that's hugely important. It's super important. Um, but, uh, and I, and I mean, I talk a lot about storytelling when it comes to like describing how, you know, a product can fit into someone's life. Yeah. How much better a way to do that than actually how it worked out in the, uh, the um how how your product worked out in a real customer <laughs> yes. what a crazy idea um so that i really really like that i feel like that's um it's it's clever you know and i think for a lot of companies it's being okay with most of the story not being about them exactly. um for all of but, the story not being about them <laughs> well i mean but you know, but you know, but there's still like a, a, just like a little bit of it that is right. Like, and so at the end of the day, like you're still talking about your product, but like in a very, very subdued way. And I don't know if you and I talked about it. I feel like I talked to someone about it at some point, but like when I'm, when I'm flipping through a magazine, my favorite kinds of ads are the ones that just feel like an article. Um, and then like halfway through, you're like, holy crap, it's an ad. And you didn't even realize it because it just was like so natural um and just communicated and was good and enjoyable and value filled um yeah. and you kind of almost get like tricked into it but in a way that like you're okay with yeah um yeah. and so i love that absolutely i think i think the best type of um content is not product related um, yeah it's more you know what it's more about the people versus versus you um, I, I really, I really am a big believer in that. Like uh, even the, the content that we, we, we create, it's the, the, the ones that get the most likes and engagement is oftentimes not product related. Um, they're those feel good stories. They're those, you know, encouraging posts, those motivational posts, um, that people like to see. Um, so it's just really getting to know your, your audience and what it is they like most and really just providing that to them. But yeah, the product story is definite. And the product story is also a testimonial uh, without yeah. a testimonial. So it, yeah, it, it's totally. really customers talking about how they, you're just bringing us the, the storytelling to it, but that's a testimonial. It's just not the written testimonial with their name at the bottom. Uh, it's just more in a storytelling form, which is a little bit more powerful. Yeah. Um, 
Well, then I'll, I'll put you on the spot. Then I would love for you to tell me a story of, of one of your clients. Like this is your chance to, to do that very thing. Um, so, do, I mean, do you have, I mean, I don't want to like put you on the spot too much, but do you have like a, a cool story of like something you guys have done for one of your clients? Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the content we write, we don't, a lot of the, cause we we're, we come in as ghostwriters and we're writing, um, on the behalf of our, uh, customers to their customers. Sure. But the time where one of our customers came back and told us about um, some of the content content that we were writing for um, this this particular bank, they, they mainly just focus on um, first time home buyers and stuff like that. And uh, the content that we had been writing for them, we had created a series of um, first time home buying uh, topics. So we, we literally just brought them from, you know, what what the credit score needs to be how they you know tips on saving up for their down payment to getting a you know a real estate lawyer to a real estate agent and finding a house like it was the whole entire process you know what to look for in a home inspection when you close you know things like that so it really brought them through the entire process of you know buying a home and um one of our clients came back and told us that uh one of her clients had bought a home for the first time and she was the first person in her entire family to ever buy a home. And she was encouraged to buy a home because of the content that um, the bank had provided, which was content that we had wrote. So that's amazing. Stories, yeah. Hearing stories like that is just gives me the shivers because I, you know, she was telling me that the, the, the lady was a single mom and I just thought, wow, like imagine that I don't, she didn't tell me if, you know, how many children and all that, but I was just thinking, imagine, you as a young child, never seen anybody in your family buy a house. And then mommy who, you know, is, is raising us by ourselves, buys a house. And now we as sisters and brothers move into that house. That just changes the mindset of a young child. Cause now the young child is thinking, well, if mommy, who's a single mom bought a house, maybe when I get older, I can buy a house versus just renting. Right. So it just, that just gave me the shivers because that changes a family tree in my opinion, because the kids see mommy working hard and being able to accomplish this. Now they can accomplish more. So I love hearing those. Th- and we rarely hear these stories. So this was just, yeah. you know, the client happens to tell us this, but oftentimes we don't get to hear the stories that come out of the content we write. But that was one that just spoke volumes to me because I just thought, wow, like that's just changing up an entire family tree. Cause this lady, you know, did never thought she'd be able to own a home and was able to buy a home as a single mom. So that was, you know, that was awesome. No, that, that's so amazing. It's, it, it's a little sad that you don't hear these stories more often. Like, yeah, I feel different. like that you got to ask or something, you yeah, know, you know what? that's I, like the fuel, you know? Yeah. I do need to ask. The thing is too, because we mainly work with the marketing directors. They also mm. don't talk to the customers. It's usually the mortgage loan originators, um, you know, the brokers, things like that, that often are the direct contact to the customer. So unless the frontline staff you know, tells, you know, unless it goes up the line, we would, we wouldn't really know because our contact in the institutions, they, they don't talk to the, the end customer. So that's oftentimes why, but the, the truth is I don't really ask. These are just some of the stories that, right. so you've, you've uh, encouraged me to ask more because these are stories that I, I can share and it's just with the team. It's, you know, these are great stories so that we know the, the impact that our content's having. Well, and I feel like that would be such a great this is just my opinion. Um, I feel like that would be such a great culture thing for those companies. Like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, um, the, the marketing team at the bank that you're doing work for is punching the clock, just like you are. Yeah. And so like at the end of the day, if they don't know the impact of what they're doing, like in an emotional level, yeah. um, they're missing out on that great, story as well and and that's a shame too like i feel like being able to have a system where the the business can share the stories of their customers with everyone in every department i think would be uh, fueling for Absolutely. the the positive culture of that company so and us you, you, and not even just not even yes. just bank, but us like if because it's two different companies right they're right they're hearing it the marketing department's hearing it and then if they tell us that changes it for the writers as well right because the writers are we're like I said, we're ghostwriters, so um, we don't we don't we we see the analytics, so we do see that 
the impact, but you don't hear the stories. So we can yeah. see the content's working, but we don't, the stories are always so impactful, right? Because we can put ourselves in other people's stories. So it just made, that's why storytelling is works so well, because it's really, it's the connection that it makes with, with people when you tell stories. And that's more content. Yes, it so. is. It is. It is. Yeah. These banks need to get their 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 culture in line there. So you, you can be that person. Oh like, yeah. Come on, guys. You're giving me ideas. I'm definitely gonna ask more because right? when when that when I hear the few stories, it just it you know it makes the hard times worth it. Yeah. It definitely does because you you know you're making an impact. And that's the goal at the end of the day. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, let's be honest. I mean, people get jobs cause they got to like pay their mortgage. You know what I mean? Like, so I get it, but like at the same time, it could be so much more than that. And that's always yeah. very exciting. And you want it to be more than that. Cause it's more yeah. purpose driven, right? It's more, it's more, it's more purpose driven, more impactful when, uh, when you know the work that you're doing is making an impact in this world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So, okay. So um telling stories about the customer is a great idea are there any other like clever uh content production stuff that you guys are talking about like obviously i'm coming from a video standpoint you're coming more from a written standpoint so is, has there been other things that you've written or like kind of things you've been written you, you've been writing about that you find particularly impactful um outside of the stories of um the client um how the, how the content is formatted is also another tip, especially for social media. What I have found works extremely well is really short sentences, one-liners, um, and, and not even just on social media, but even, even in um, you know, content on your website, uh, breaking up the content, adding video, adding audio, um, adding graphics into the content. It helps the eye move um, mm. where it is you want it to go because oftentimes people skim. So it's very rare people are reading word for word, especially when they're reading blog posts. So you want something to pop out at them so they stay on the page. And people will engage and stay on the page more if you break up the content and put some graphics. You can. Some of our clients will add video into the blog post as well and audio. Mm -hmm. Some of them have um, podcasts. So we will put a clip of the podcast within the content that we write. That helps to break up the content because as people are reading, then they can listen as well. And then that's all tracked. So we, we want to see how many people actually click to listen because then it tells us, oh, they like to listen more and we'll know if they got to the bottom of the page and then we create more audio. So all of that helps to get to know your customer more and customize the content based on what it is they want. So it's really testing, um, but those are just some tips that um, help people stay on your page. Always be testing, right? <laughs> No, that, that's so cool. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, um, but from what I remember, at least on social media, like how long someone stays on something determines some of its SEO value, right? Or is that not true? I don't know. Okay. Uh, determines, I, I, to be honest, I don't know if it determines their SEO value. It determines their SEO value on the web page, but when it comes to social yeah. media, I'm not sure. Web page, yes, how long they stay on the page, but um, I don't know about social media, because and the different social media sites have different algorithms. Right. I wouldn't really know that off the top of my head. Well, I mean, I know like how much how, like the uh, the completion rate of the video matters, but as far as like uh, you know, like if you're watching something on TikTok, if people skip past the first second of your video, obviously it's not going to get ranked very high. Um, yeah, I don't but know. No, okay. That would be interesting to, to know what, how TikTok ranks their, their stuff. I don't know. Right. Even when I go on it, you'll see certain things pop up first. But I don't, yeah. I don't know why that pops up first. I don't, I don't have that. that well, they're always testing too. Um, right? Um, no, I was asking specifically for websites. Um, oh, okay. Because, um, because it makes sense that the more content that you could create that people would interact with means that they're staying on a page longer, thereby signaling to Google that like, hey, the people who are looking for, you know, uh, information about a particular subject and they stay on your page for a long time should mean that uh, your that page increases in rank because of people's uh, hang time there. 
Um, so I was just, so I think that's, that's clever. Just even in that sense is just like, not only are you, you know, keeping their attention by having a lot going on in a page, but, um, keeping them there just by having them have engageable content is good. And internal links that link to even more topics. And like, if, if you're talking about something within a blog post and you expand on it with another post that you have, just putting internal links in there. So they click onto another page that helps them stay on your website even longer. So different, different little things like that helps them stay, stay on your website longer, not even necessarily on your page, which also helps with ranking as well. Um, Google changes things so often. So there's so many different things, but yeah, definitely you know, you want them to stay on your website as long as possible. Right. And, and you, you, you practice what you preach. So even on your uh, product um, story page, you had like a link to medium for an uh, image that you had, and you had a link to um, the, the source of a stat that you had for like an infographic and stuff like that too. So you're, you're doing a great job. <laughs> I, I'm so bad sometimes at doing like the things that I suggest to other people. Like I know the right answer, but then you end up like having a million things that you know you should be doing. It's like I'm just never getting to that. Like to sucks, team. but it is what it is. You gotta get a team. But I can't do everything. I got two young kids. You just had a baby, so you're gonna have less time. Right. <laughs> so yeah. well, I'm doing video content. So like I'm already I do have like a person and a half doing video content because it's just it's it just takes so much time yeah. but there's so many of those other things that just kind of slip through the cracks when it comes to like seo and structure and stuff like that so yeah. i don't know i'll get there eventually but yeah having a having a kid soaks up a lot of time sure um, <laughs> i'm six years in i know it definitely <laughs> It, 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 it has made me much more organized. That's why I, I don't know if I told you, I get up at like four o'clock because I wow. have to, yeah, it's just for my, I have to, I realized after I had children, I need time by myself just to, you know, you know, gather my thoughts just to, you know, get ready for the day. So that is, and I'm not a morning person, but I became a morning person after children just so I could have that time to go to the gym and have some time for myself. I'm hoping to go back to my regularly scheduled um, schedule when they get older. Oh, right. Okay, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> one, can, one can only hope, right? I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, cool. So, so, so let's think back. I, wa- I, want, I want to give you the opportunity. Um, is there anything, thinking back to Facebook groups, is there anything when it comes to like Facebook groups or interactions or any of those things that I we, that we didn't talk about that you think would be worth bringing up and, and discussing? Um, I think we pretty much covered it. I think the big takeaway is just to um, build relationships with your, with your um, target audience. Find out where they are and build relationships with them um, consistently. Right. That's the key is being consistent. You've got to be consistent or else, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Well, you know, I think one thing I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because there's, there's been something that's kind of been like bothering me and, and, and I'm trying to work through it because it's it's I'm, I'm consistently hearing from you and from a lot of other people is research, research, research. Right. And and a lot of the circles of the different like thought leaders that I follow and stuff like that, um, some of which are in like the content making space. Uh, they're always talking about like making, 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 right? And so basically what they're, you know, what they, what they're learning is that people are getting like this analysis paralysis when it comes to their content. And so instead of making sure that it's perfect or all these other things, just put it out there. And I, and I totally get that. And what I think is missing is the balance between like, um, like the, there's just not enough in enough um emphasis on the research right and so what ends up happening is is something that i've experienced was that i i execute putting out there pretty well but then what i find out is that like i didn't really do any research and so i'm kind of just like throwing stuff out into the wind which is cool i'm still learning Mm -hmm. right but at the end of the day i could have saved myself so much trouble by like just researching better Uh, but i don't feel like a lot of people talk about that very much do you feel similarly like do you feel like enough people talk about research you know like what what's kind of like i don't know that's what i've been wrestling with is like too many people are talking about like just do it and not enough people are talking about like just research it because because i feel like they go hand i don't know i'm just 
I'm very conflicted about it and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're just getting started and you haven't really put out any content, then it does make more sense to sit back and just research and find out what your target audience wants. Now, you don't want to research for two years. Like once you gather, and that's why um, I suggested earlier that the Facebook groups you want to join are only join two and join the best ones. Join the ones that have the most people and are the most engaged. Because then what happens is you'll be able to find the data that you're looking for quicker because they're posting all the time and there's so many people. And then you can start, you can even use the search tool in these groups and search for topics that are in line with what it is you're selling. So you can just get an idea of what people are asking. Once you have, like, once you see like the same question being, once you see like five or six questions being asked, uh, create content based on that. Like you, and I'm not, but the thing is with research is you never stop. So once right. you've gathered enough information, and when I say enough information, if you, if you know like five questions that your target audience is asking, start writing content, start producing videos, start creating audio, and then keep on researching. So you continue to create while you're researching. Research never stops because your, your ideal customer may move from Facebook groups or they may start talking about different things. So you always have to be researching and being a part. Really, it's being a part of the conversation that your ideal customer is having. That's really uh, what I'm getting at is be there in the conversations that they're having so you can consistently create content that they want. So both of them really go hand in hand. You always want to be researching and you always want to be creating content. And then as you're creating content, you're also testing the content that you're creating to make sure that it's actually resonating with the audience that you are always getting to know because people right. change. And it takes time to get to know people and their likes and dislikes. So it, they both work hand in hand. Keep creating content, keep researching, keep creating content, keep researching, keep testing. This will be for the lifetime of your business. Um, it, it really is. It's not a, I will research for two months and then I'll just create content because when you create in six months, they may not even be talking about the same thing anymore. And then mm. you've lost them because you weren't still part of the conversation that they're having. So it, they all, they both work hand in hand <laughs> the longevity of your business. Right. Well, and I think that, I don't know. I mean, I view things as from such a creator standpoint, because like, I, th I think you're absolutely right. Because at the end of the day, like um, all these new platforms that come out, you're repackaging the content and stuff like that, but how you're repackaging it may change. And let's be honest, like every platform, speaking of social media platforms, like every platform kind of has its own like culture and voice and stuff like that too. And so you're right. Like if, if you're trying to create content for a specific platform and you're not listening to the conversations people are having, then there's a good chance that you will create content that no one's really interested in. And like, I know there are people on TikTok doing educational stuff. Yes. I don't know how well they're doing, but I know that me and my wife have never gone on TikTok to learn anything. We have gone on there to, to laugh right people dancing yeah it's true yeah, exactly and so at the end of the day like you know we we tried some of that stuff um we made as cool a video as possible but the at the end of the day it was educational and like we're sitting there scratching our heads and we're like you know what like ultimately like that's just the, that that just wasn't the right move like nobody goes on here to do educational content so like that's clearly like a youtube thing or a linkedin thing or like something it's somewhere else but it isn't here. And so I think you're right. It's like at the end of the day, then, you know, even with like tactically speaking, being able to go on these platforms and saying like, okay, like how are marketers telling stories about marketing, but in a way that the people on this platform are actually going to watch yes. instead of maybe how, like how I think they would watch. Um, yes. And I think that's just to continue to affirm what you're talking about. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, like, so many of us, I've certainly been in the shoes of like, I was making a lot of assumptions about what people wanted to talk about, what they wanted to see, where they wanted to see it. And the reality is the data is out there for you to be able to find out for sure yeah. what they want to talk about. And that is so refreshing. Um, and it gives you all sorts of ammunition about what to talk about, exactly. which most people struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. I, and a question I often get is, what do you do when you have writer's block? 
And my answer is always writer's block just comes from not being engaged with your ideal customer. That's really what writer's block comes from. You're just, it just me, if you're having writer's block, it's because you're not part of the conversation that your target audience is having. Cause you will never have writer's block if you're always in those conversations cause you're just writing what they're talking about. Like yeah. it's really, it's not rocket science but when we break it down, it really makes it, it, it makes so much sense. It's like, why didn't I just think of that? Because sometimes we rack our brains and we're like, and then the, the problem too is when we rack our brains is we start to talk about what we like. And it's mm. not about us, it's what they like. And what they like may not be what we like. Who cares what we like at the end of the day? Because <laughs> it's not about us. It's all about them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, the struggle is real. Like when you're a creator, especially, like you want to have an original, amazing idea, but it just seems like that just doesn't, like maybe in thought leadership, that matters a lot. You know what I mean? But when it comes to making content, you are so right. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what we want to talk about. It matters what the customer wants to talk about. And, and there's something incredibly relieving about that. It's mm -hmm. like you said, like you have writer's block because you're putting pressure on yourself to come up yeah. with something and you don't have anything to come up with. No, you don't. It's not, you know, and, and, and I'm always you know, trying, I'm, I'm just a big advocate of that because I think a lot of us just get in our own way. We really do. We think that it's about us. We think that, or what's the latest thing that's trending? You know, if you're going to talk about the latest thing trending, the latest thing trending to them, <laughs> you know, that they like, not, not right. the latest thing that's trending that I like, right? Because you may not even be your ideal customer and chances are you, you're not your ideal customer. So you, we got to get out of our own head and come from a place of service. How can we serve this group of people? That, that's where our mind always has to be. How can we help our target audience? How can we bridge that gap between what they want and what we have? That, that's really um, building that bridge to help them. Right. <laughs> what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. At the end of the day, when you stub your toe, that's all you can think about. Yeah, <laughs> is how much your freaking toe hurts. And so someone could come up with you with like the greatest diet plan in the world. Yes. And you would not care because you're like, all I want to do is have my toe stop hurting right now. Yeah. And I, you know, and so I think if we we're able to take that mindset in with our marketing, then, you know, and be able to realize like, okay, like at the end of the day, we're just, we're helping people's pain points. Like they will be so flipping happy. They won't even be able to see straight. Um, and then and instead of worrying about all the other things going on, just remove the pain. <laughs> yeah, and focus on them and, and keep yep. focusing on them. And, you know, it, it, will, it will come back to you if you're consistent. That's, that's awesome. Well, hey, I think that's probably it time-wise for us. Um, uh, definitely want to respect your time. And I think my voice probably won't handle much more. So I appreciate <laughs> so much you being on the show. Like I said, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while now. Um, so yeah, just, uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Um, thank you for sharing your, your thoughts on how we can all market better and be able to do some proper research and, uh, be able to make some killer content that people actually give a crap about. So I, I very much appreciate that. And, uh, thanks for being on the show again. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I know you're returning guests, but if you could let people know where to find you, um, where you're most active, that would be amazing. Yeah, my handle is Shondell Varciana, pretty much everywhere. I'm, I'm most active on LinkedIn. Facebook is really just friends and family. But uh, yeah, LinkedIn is where I'm, I'm on pretty much every single day. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me again. I wanna cause no problems. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk, but right here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant.